Welcome to the Surrender and Flow podcast, where a group of diverse people come together every week to discuss topics rooted in God, scripture, and personal testimony. In this episode, we will be discussing the Divine Feminine, what it is, and how we can harness that energy. The Divine Feminine is a vital part of men and women alike, and it gives us a deeper understanding of the one who created us. Let's pray, guys. Dear God, I want to thank you for bringing us all together today on another Tuesday. Um, God, we just thank you for the gift of life. And God, I ask during our little discussion today that you just help us to just relate to one another, share experiences that we've gone through, and just be open and honest about what the divine feminine is, how we can harness that energy, and how it is, and help us to recognize how it is that you're calling us to Um, express that in our own, both in our own individual lives and uh, with the people that we surround ourselves with. God, we just thank you for your love and your presence, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The the prayers might be my favorite part of the chats. (laughs) Especially the ending one when we all just, we all go back to back. That was fun. I like that Um, Okay. Um, So we just kind of wanted to open up with, obviously we're talking about the divine feminine today, but we kind of wanted to just put like a definition on it. Obviously there's many interpretations that we could go by, but in essence, it's the part of ourselves that deals with intuition and creation, how we receive things. I don't want to say passive, but just receptivity. It's the wild, untamed part of ourselves. It's chaos. And unlike the divine masculine, the divine feminine seeks Um, connection. So it's all about building community and it seeks to, you know, it's not so much about independence and freedom, but rather how can we build our community together to better, not just ourselves, but uh, better everyone around us. So it's very much about interdependence. And it's also about uh, being flexible. The divine feminine is adaptive, an adaptive type of energy. So yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's important to everyone. It's even, it's needed for everyone it's not just a woman's issue or a woman's topic but this week uh, we decided to dive into three different stories in the bible that kind of exhibited this actually four but then i'll I'll mention one when you like talk about the crone energy but yeah yeah, so like three i don't know if you guys read the readings so i'm on yeah john 21 through 18 So just to put things in context, Mary Magdalene was a disciple of Jesus. And has any of you guys um, saw the movie Mary Magdalene? I didn't put it in the chat, but have you ever seen that movie? Okay, it's like so good. Um, I'm gonna try to figure out how to, I don't don't think I own the movie. I'll try to like buy it, but I recommend you guys watching it because it changed my perspective on who she was. But there's a misconception in scripture that she was a prostitute. I don't know if you heard that story, but when I did my research, there was no verse that linked her to being a prostitute. And it was um, in the sixth century, Pope Gregory said that Mary Magdalene was that person. So I don't know how that got confused, but everybody like viewed her as that woman but it wasn't so I just thought that was interesting and the in the movie goes over that too but anyway so back to the scripture it's when Jesus was crucified and she came back to the tomb right but I just thought it was interesting how she was the one that was there when he died 
right? She prepared the oils for him and she just stayed with him. Mm-hmm. And I just think the whole idea of her needing to see Jesus, just needing to see her savior. I just thought like, I, I, that's the relationship I want with Jesus. Like I always want to turn to him for everything, you know? And because she was his disciple and she was um, in the other, in the other story of Luke, she was the first one to see him during the process of his resurrection. I just thought that was, that was beautiful. And I think it was, was it Luke 24, Luke? Yeah, Luke uh, 24. Yeah, that's when like the, um, when he died, the people who remained with him were all women, right? And I don't think this yeah. is a story about like men versus women. I just think it's, it's about the stories that those who were faithful to God and stuck with him, those were the ones who saw him after he died. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I just mm-hmm. thought um, he doesn't see us as women or men he sees us as um he just sees our faith he'll exemplify that in our everyday lives if we choose to see it you know and if we practice our relationship with him he's more prevalent in everyone you meet in every situation you're put in but yeah those were the three scriptures that i thought were beautiful because pretty significant things that happened to him it just so happened that like feminine energy like the the women figures in the bible were the ones to witness that they were like his mm-hmm. first witnesses so i just thought that was pretty cool but that was special yeah. i really liked reading through john like mm-hmm. she was the first one like you said to go care for jesus and yeah. then you gave luke 24 she goes back to go tell the disciples she's like letting oh, yeah. them know what's happening and they're like nope we don't believe you i have to see it first like her word is, I don't know. I don't know why they're not believing. And then when they finally get over there with Peter and John, Peter and John see what happens. They believe it. And then they go off to go on a mission to go ahead and tell everybody what's happening. Mary Magdalene, on the other hand, knows what's happening, stays there and just weeps. Mm-hmm. Just be and just there with her Lord. And I, I think that's why, the Lord visits her first after he's resurrected from the dead because she stayed in his presence and thought after had compassion for him like mm-hmm. nobody else did. Yeah. And I would just think if she didn't stay, she wouldn't have saw him uh-uh. in another form, I guess, not in the human form, but imagine like if she never, if she was never there, we would only have the story that the disciples left and said, oh, he's just gone. There would be no proof that he ever like resurrected. So I think exactly. That's really interesting. And I think it's the book of Luke too, that only covers that the disciples didn't believe the woman. And the yes. other ones, they just dismiss it. I'm not really sure why, but in Luke, exactly. it says they just, they didn't believe them, which is kind of sad, but. I know, <laughs> but it, that's kind of, I was thinking about it and that's kind of what it is. It almost seems like women come to truth and knowledge typically first because they have a stronger intuition or feeling than men do. Mm-hmm. And like men won't believe women until we first discover it on our own. And then once we yeah. discover it, then it's like, okay, yeah, you were right. But we won't acknowledge you're right until we find out on our own. Yeah, that's so. true. And I think the beauty of it is it's like she didn't need to believe it she didn't even, she didn't need to see it to believe it. You know, she just wanted to be in his presence and she just missed him, you know? And I think it was because, I don't know. I don't want to say like men are the ones that 
need to see everything and need proof, but it's just like, it's just human nature with everything, you know, it's just hard to believe something you can't see, but that's when your faith is developed or you, mm-hmm. when you develop your faith, you're able to see past that. So. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, me and you, me and Sabrina were talking about this earlier, but that Mary Magdalene story is pretty significant because, you know, we kind of ask ourselves, like, why is it that a woman kind of has this stronger intuition? If you think about it, like, what is a woman? It's a like, she's like, kind of like a vessel, like a bridge between worlds. Because of that, like that bridge factor, we've always, we always have this, we're living between worlds, right? Because we have the ability to bear a life. So that means we have one foot in the spiritual plane and then another foot in this physical realm. And so we're always kind of tapped in. That's why, you know, I don't know about you guys, but like my mom just has like an insane intuition. I remember like when I was younger, like when I would hang out with like friends or like hang out with them after school, like she would always know who was going to be like my friend for the long run and who was just like around for a season. And it's not like my friends that were like mean or anything or like they didn't bully me, but she just always kind of knew. And I remember once um, she told me like, oh, that friend, you know, that particular friend that you brought home today, like. Uh, they're just going to be around for a season. And then I was like, oh, how come? Like, did she like do something wrong? And my mom was just like, no, she's like, I can just tell. And like, sure enough, like she'd always end up being right. So I think women have this innate ability to just sense things before they happen because of that, you know, that bridge between worlds factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like our body is a portal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why like, we don't have to see it. It's just like the feeling is so, so, so powerful. It's you can't even you can't explain it you just you just know mm-hmm. my mom was the same way she'd know that whenever a friend would be true or not it's really really yeah, yeah. Cool. when I was younger in like middle school I used to have dreams that like people in my family would pass away and then I'd wake up and my parents would tell me that they died really wow. yeah wow it was That's... it used to creep me out like oh so God. bad <laughs> yeah my mom has oh go ahead no, sorry baby go ahead <laughs> um I was just gonna say like my mom she whenever before she knows somebody's gonna pass away because she gets this really bad headache but it's a certain feeling she gets and soon enough within a week and it's crazy because she can't go to sleep and until it's sad but until that person like passes away um then the headache goes away but that's just i mean that's like her intuition calling but it's kind of manifesting itself in like headaches but yeah she she has a lot of intuition yeah that's incredible I remember being in Humboldt and just having a terrible night one night where I got into just a major accident and I busted my nose and um, it was just a terrible night. My mom calls me the next day and she's like, what happened? Tell me everything. I'm like, what? (laughs) How do you know? How do you know? But she would do that constantly. Like I went and talked to her for months and something would happen to me and then she would tell me, talk to me. I know something happened. Mm-hmm. Should we yeah. highlight? Um, oh, sorry, Mara. Go ahead. Yeah, Mara had so, a story. <laughs> with any like new, like anything new, like I would be starting or anything, when I would be around my mom, um, we would have like bad feelings, but we would literally separate each other from one another because we didn't want to confront it. Because every time we confronted it would happen like it would physically Mm. like that thing that we were feeling or thinking about like it just manifests itself but it would always be negative so when I moved out here I learned about like the positive effect that was like oh actually things can actually be the other way around 
I like started learning about that. So then I told my mom, I'm like, hey, just stop thinking about like negative things and and think the other way around. And it's been like changing our lives completely, which has been really cool. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's it. <laughs> the intuition yeah. is real. For, For sure. Real. <laughs> Sounds um, supernatural. Like as much as I love the concept of wanting to to be completely, you know, equal masculine and feminine. It just sounds like women are tapped in, like you said, to the spiritual and the physical realm more than men are because of their supernatural abilities to give birth, you know, because all the stories I know, I do know some people who are intuitive like that and masculine males too, but for the most part, yeah, feminine or females. I just think that the, the reason why that is a lot is because men and women are raised in different ways. Women are encouraged to express their divine feminine, to harness it, to express it, to channel it, while men have their divine feminine channel calcified. You know, they're, they're sent away from building community. Instead, they're, they're taught to compete and compel those around them in order to compete for some scarcity that is made up by society you know, by the institutions that have been established. So I, I think it's, I think the, the reason why we see a lot of women that are more in tune with their psychic abilities is because of the way society is orchestrated. Um, and the fact that men just have their essence calcified and stolen from them. We all have the ability to be free and fluid, just like a lot of women are. It's just we aren't raised the same way. Mm-hmm. And thus, we, in, in the future, if we all want to, you know, you know harness that, we have, to, we have to look at, you know, how are we raising our kids? How can, we, how can we raise our kids to harness not only their work ethic and their physicality, but also their creativity and their, their ability to articulate, to intuit, you know, it's, it's, it's not men and women. It's just the construct of gender separating us and dividing us based on some ultimately illusionary concept. We both have, we all have these capabilities. We all can go out and be psychics. We all can go out and be mystical free flowing beings. It's just, we're convinced with within our gender role that we can't do certain things and that's what we need to rewrite through community through things that we're doing right now harnessing our divine feminine Mm -hmm. understanding who we truly are outside of gender men women doesn't even matter who are you what's your essence what's what is your spirit like Mm-hmm. outside of the body that you're in that's that is the essence of finding god is that finding truth finding out who you are yeah that you're above your body mind and conception of self it's outside of all of that mm-hmm. i get that too but i guess like i get kind of confused like i know that i have a lot of reading left to do in the bible like i'm still in the old testament here it's gonna take me a while <laughs> to get through that um but the thing that i guess i'm kind of confused on is like because in the bible like there are 
still like specifications differentiating men from women but how many are like because I like I also think that you know gender roles and there are are very like pushed upon us like in society um at least that they have been and I understand that like a lot of it is just like societal based and like um extra things have been added on throughout time but I guess like I'm just kind of confused as to like what is considered like I don't know like necessarily like what technically is considered like feminine versus like fluid versus like or does the bible see any sense of like fluidity I don't understand like I know I have a lot of reading left to do no I totally get it too like it's very confusing because like you watch kids and kids don't really have too much of a perception from like society yet and they're still like completely different like females are still nurturing and caretaking and then you see like boys who are just rascals and just devious um I don't know. I I think there is a difference. Like, I think we as men or as women can embrace our opposites more, but I still think that we are different. You know, I don't know if it's necessarily uh, we just connect to our spirit and we're all the same. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I just don't think personally, like if I were, if we were all to connect to our spirit, we would all be the same. We would all be equally intuitive, equally creative, equally flow, equally masculine, right. disciplined, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it, I think there is differences between me, females I, and males. I think as I think as society continues to evolve, as divine feminine and masculine energy continue to clash, we're seeing the fusion of them. We're seeing people who are gender fluid, who. Mm-hmm. Don't I, it's just, we're evolving beyond gender. We're evolving beyond these narratives. Like, um, yes, like right now there are a lot of people who do, you know, identify with like the warrior masculine and the caretaking feminine. You know, there are a lot of souls that are there, but there are souls that are like, that are achieving fluidity and, and divine fusion of, of energy. And I think mm-hmm. that you just have to look at you know, the essence of transgender people, seeing how people are evolving, like, people are evolving past, like, a lot of us really aren't there, you know, a lot of us are in our compartments, you know, and, you know, including myself, like, but I think, like, you know, our, our conceptions of gender are definitely evolving, although they may be still in play in society today. That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah. Um, it's like, a but like even you like mentioned like transgenders, like even in Native American practice, like the transgenders were the ones who were highly sought after. Like they yeah. were the special people who were both, but like they are both like, and they probably have like a better. Um, yeah. yeah. Can I no, read? You're right. Can, Cause like, I read something today that like, just like it talks about that a lot but it says when when the world was created god made everything a little bit incomplete rather than making bread grow out of earth god made wheat grow so that we might bake it into bread rather than making the earth of bricks god made it of clay so that we set so that we bake the clay into bricks why so that we may we might become partners in completing the work of creation 
Being responsible to our lives allow us to participate fully as co-creators. Our freedom comes when we are able to truly respond to our life with awareness of life and to open our hearts to be love. Love is our nature, our birthright. There is nothing we have to be, to be or do to earn love. We are love. In being love, there is warmth and openness, a spaciousness that is inclusive. Love has no object. Love is gentle strength. It is the ability to feel kindness and caring for oneself and others. To feel compassion for another's pain and to feel joy in another's success is a great power. As co-creators of our reality, we recognize our personal responsibility to and our connection with all of life. All of us live in the same planet with the same sun shining down upon us. And scientists have found a genetic link that all races share. My mitochondria Chondrial DNA found outside the nucleus of the cell and inherited only from the mother was found in the placenta of hundreds of women throughout the world. As human beings, we are all relatives. We can trace our family tree back to a woman who lived in Africa 200,000 years ago. But yeah, that, that's kind of just. Where's that from? Uh, this is called. Um, that's interesting mother wit yeah, I really like that. healing and psychic development it's that's just... so beautiful that was a beautiful passage right and mm -hmm. i was like wow like that that's the core of spirituality that's mm -hmm. the foundation like i know kareen wanted to go over oh, yeah. like the three kind of stages of a woman so if you want to explain that kareen for for this week we put out a series of videos right um because obviously we want to talk about the, the divine feminine how to harness that um, but I think an important part of when you talk about, you know, something like this, we need to pinpoint where we've kind of gone wrong with it in society. And I think the, the videos that we sent out did an excellent job of breaking down how we've kind of uh, destroyed this concept of the divine feminine and how that's so uh, suppressed nowadays. And so I'm just going to quickly go over it because those videos were kind of meaty. <laughs> but um, the first thing uh, that... And this is like an outline the videos I sent out of how, again, like the divine feminine has been destroyed and oppressed. And um, the first stage is the maiden. So that's essentially the part of a woman's life where she's free spirited, she's young, she's tapped into source, right? Because it's when we're still young and we haven't been tainted by the world yet. And the second part is the mother. So that represents uh, creation. So you can take it literally as in, you know, a woman is able to bear life, but it's also the part of us that, you know, what are we here to do on this earth? What is our uh, creative purpose? What are we here to birth out into this of us, of women that have matured? And we've gone through the entire life cycle. And so we have all this wisdom and knowledge to share, but nobody really, nobody really wants to hear it or that's what society tells us because um, we value the maiden part of ourselves, right? We exploit that part as the video said. And I think a great example of looking at how the maiden is exploited is just the entertainment industry in general. God, there's just, <laughs> there's just so many things to unpack. Yeah. But I think one of the ways we kind of see this is with, I'm just going to take it to like female artists, female musicians. If you kind of look at their life cycle in the music industry, um, they kind of fall off after age like 30 or 35. And it's, we kind of put all this emphasis on like their 20s. Um, and that's the maiden part, right? And the reason why we do that is because society kind of has this idea like, hey, we need to like corrupt them younger so we can take advantage of, you know, so they can never grow into that mother phase or the crone phase um, to what it is that they're meant to be. And 
if you notice as well with women in music, they're constantly having to reinvent themselves. I don't know if you guys noticed, but like with album cycles, whenever like a, a big like pop star of the music industry, they're always like changing their aesthetic constantly and they almost look different with every album cycle. Whereas with, you know, the guys, you know, who are famous, you know, artists, they don't necessarily have to do that. They can kind of go with the same aesthetic, the same feel, the same vibe well into their 60s or 70s. There's no real pressure to, um, you know, make it before 30 or whatever, or to find something long lasting. Another thing is the aesthetic that we see in the industry and just in fashion as well. The video talks about this a little bit better, but we kind of have this, we glorify youth so much that more and more we're pushing women to kind of just kind of mimic a child and again just like and everything in their appearance and um i saw this youtube comment on the maiden video that we sent out and more and more a woman's fashion sense is leaning to like mimic a child and what a child looks like and this comment said it really struck me it said um, it really grosses me out how heavily women are pressured to shave or else they're not seen as sexy or feminine when only when the only humans who naturally don't have hair are children. And so that just, I don't know, that comment just really struck me in a way that's like just the way, you know what I mean? It kind of promotes like pedophilia and like this kind of like perverted mm-hmm. thing that we're obsessed with as a culture and that we deem is okay and that's kind of how like we're exploiting the maiden and i don't know i don't know if you guys notice i would love to hear your thoughts on that there's like it's really prevalent in the culture yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. there's like no celebration of every stage yeah there's always a want to go back to how it was you know but Mm -hmm. i mean in some cases but yeah Yeah, we do have this obsession with the oh sorry go for it um, I was just going to say it just real quick and then you can go. Um, it's like when you turn 30, it's like your life is over as a woman almost. It's like the dreaded 30 is what it seems like for most women. And yeah, and it's like, again, uh, women exist. Um, I think the mother video touched on this, but uh, women exist in, in time because we have that clock in us. There's only by a certain age we're able to you know bear life or whatever. And so time to us is kind of everything and society has kind of exploited that and made you know a profit off of that yeah exactly yeah an obsession it's with like, the physical body exactly that's exactly what it is it's, we gawk after the female's body and we, we we don't learn how to make we don't learn how to achieve divine love with our partners we we uh you know a lot of men you know are rooted in the physical essence of their partner you're totally right that's where we go wrong is that like we don't we don't learn as kids how to achieve that because we have porn shoved down our throats we have these we have these physical bodies you know that are like illusionarily just you know um it's just we we're we're indoctrinated with an illusion of what femininity is and because we don't learn anything beyond the body and beyond the expression of that youth, that's all we know how to attach to. Yeah. And so, like, I feel like it's especially important for us as men to, like, speak out about this stuff in our male groups because ultimately it's on us to, to, um, 
to, to kind of create the trajectory, you know, to uplift our women and to create the trajectory going forward. Um, because, you know, men are stubborn little boys and like, <laughs> often they, uh, you know, unfortunately a lot of men aren't listening to women and like, you know, we have, we have to do our part too and yeah. helping people achieve like the understanding of what feminine essence is and why we should love it beyond physical form in order to come together as, you know, two forces, you know, infusing together rather than to just bounce off each other until our bodies don't agree with each other. Like that just makes mm -hmm. no sense. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I just love this topic and I could speak about it for days, but I love yeah. it so much. I think it kind of goes back to what Ben said earlier, and I've been thinking about this, is, like, it's, it has to do with the whole idea of evolution and fluidity, because, like, like, everybody will evolve. The world evolves. Religions evolve. Like, this, the same Bible, which has been taught for, I don't know how long off the top of my head right now, but, like, if you look at those readings, if you look at people back then, the way they interpret them, completely different than now. There's still a universal truth to be read through the times of what this can mean for now today. Like a pastor is not going to give the same preach. There's like a three-year cycle on the Bible. He's not going to have the same teaching when it comes back to that passage because his knowledge, his tr like the, the truth has evolved. And I think like society is like, like Ben said earlier, like we're, we're not becoming fluid or becoming calcified. We're, we're, we're trying to hold on to something, not let ourselves evolve. And in doing so, all we do is harm ourselves and we get ourselves stuck in these harmful cycles and we get ourselves stuck in these harmful mindsets because we get stuck. Because you can't grow... When you have, um, there's a really good person I watch on guys. She calls them soul chains. These are literally chains. These things you just hold on to on your soul. And then your soul can't travel through life. It can't like evolve. And then you're stuck in the physical realm. You're stuck in all these other realms. Because mm -hmm. when your soul is chained, you, you don't let your mind free. You don't let your body free. You don't okay. let anything free. You're just so stuck in like, oh, I want to look this way. I want to feel this way. Yeah. That's why we have this whole, this whole double game of, like I, ca I call it the two levels of consciousness. Like we have our own consciousness. But then we have this second level of consciousness of who do I look like online and like what am I on this? <laughs> we've, we've built a whole other yeah. consciousness that weighs so much space in our brain that we don't even tap into our soul or like find out yeah. like to fall in love with like ourselves, like our own mind, body, and soul, and we get get lost because we don't want to evolve because we're just so stuck in I like this, yeah. but I, I have to keep staying liking this. I can't like something new because new can be good for yeah. you as well. Mm -hmm. people are not they don't think like the people they do in, in power right now they're they're held back from like old belief systems where now you know this uh what's it called like people now we don't think like we used to back then like we've we've evolved we we have different values different belief systems we don't see people by their color you know it's just you're just you're just human you know what i mean and i don't know i, I feel that i feel like that's why we're stuck right now with this world is, is just because we're, we're back into those same systems from the past and they don't, they don't want change. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's almost even worse now with like virtual online dating with like these Tinder apps and these other ones, you know, it's so much easier to just go to the base, like superficial hookup culture. I think more now than ever. Um, but it's like a pattern that we all go through and it's difficult to break because it's difficult to even realize you're in it as a guy. Cause like when you're growing up, all your idols and your heroes are these movie icons like James Bond and you know, they're complete womanizers, but we think like that's who we're supposed to be. And like when we go to college, it's, 
you know, you're supposed to you, have at it and be free. But, yeah. Do you think that's a choice though? Like, of course, like you see that, but it's a choice to dive into that and be, make it become your whole. Yeah. Totally. Me. It is a choice. You, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, girls too. I think girls suffer with that too. It's not just guys. Yeah. You know? But it's course, like more looks. Yeah. Um, but then like, I don't know. I always go back to the Bible and I, I catch, I think just, I could only speak for myself. It's kind of like when you walk with the spirit, you don't desire earthly things anymore. That's just how I try to live my life and not just by the flesh because flesh is so fleeting. This earth, earthly things are fleeting. This earth is going to leave one day, you know, and the things like how we portray ourselves online, that's like a fake world. That's a world that we made up, you know, and you choose to give it power. Also kind of to go back to, what Corrine originally asked, like, about, um, and, and I had never heard it before, um, but, like, the way that, um, she mentioned how, like, women are, like, seen as, how they should kind of, like, revert back to children and, like, image and, like, you know, um, minors, and it's, like, it's not even just, like, a male problem, though, because, like, okay, so I think, like, female empowerment comes in a lot of different forms, and, like, with just the example that, like, she gave of, like, shaving, girls even look down on, like, other girls who are, like, oh, my gosh, she has airy armpits, like, <laughs> or, like, she, like, didn't shave her legs, oh, my gosh, and, like, they judge each other so hard, if not, like, more than men sometimes, because, mm-hmm. like, it also becomes kind of, like, this way to assert, like, a form of, like, almost, like, dominance of, like, oh, I'm, like, girls kind of get the sense of, like, oh, I'm better than her because, like, she doesn't like take care of herself even though who's who are you to say like what a woman does like or doesn't do to feel empowered or to feel good about herself Mm -hmm. it's like it's a really weird thing to kind of like to picture because like what what do you gain from it like what seriously what do people gain from just like being harsh (laughs) with each other and like the way Sabrina says like those are people's like family members if you heard somebody say that about your family members you'd want to throw hands like (laughs) you want to take care of your family so you know when you think about everybody in the context of like these are my brothers and sisters like what the heck now you're doing it to your own family and like okay we got problems Mm -hmm. dang (laughs) sure like (laughs) um i get heated on that one sorry I just wanted to mention, like, Jackie, what you said about how we're supposed to view everybody. Like, I think it's just, again, like what Ben was saying earlier, how it depends on the way we're raised. You know, men are more so taught that, you know, just through society to, like, objectify the woman. And I don't know, like, I don't know. Tell me if you guys ever heard this, but because, you know, they're so exposed to that, men in particular, and they're taught to see, like, the woman as just kind of like a thing or like a sexual object. I don't know if you guys hear this, but sometimes like when a, when a man becomes a father, sometimes they'll say this commonly used phrase of like, I didn't know what it meant to love a woman until I had a daughter. And I always kind of thought that was really strange because it's like, what do you mean? <laughs> because like- <laughs> Not a wife, like- <laughs> No, 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 like, I, like what Sabrina was mentioning earlier, like when she sees an, any person, what doesn't matter if it's a guy or a girl, she sees that as somebody's sister, somebody's brother. But because the way, you know, society is structured, structured uh, that objectification factor, it's really hard for them to see 
other women sometimes as someone's sister or somebody's friend you know mm-hmm. yeah and kind of to like talk about your point right now and also the one that Kareen made earlier about how like men say they don't know how to love or like respect a woman until they have their own daughter there's this one video I can send it in the group chat but there's this one video where they're like interviewing dads and they're like oh have you ever like cat called a girl and all the dads are like oh you know like I'll compliment a girl on her beauty and all that stuff but I wouldn't call it cat calling and then they have like their daughters go out into the streets and they're just walking around they're like being recorded and then the daughters are getting cat called and the dads get so angry and it's one of those things where it's like also like Sabrina's saying like we have to treat everyone like that your brother or your sister because we just need to have general respect yeah I think Kareen like you, you could explain like the the idea of the crone and like what happens to her Because I think, yeah, you're better off, like, explaining what that is. So the crone, like, we as a, you know, again, the crone is the part of a woman's life cycle where she's matured and she's lived through life and she's gained all these, all this wisdom from her past experiences. Um, But we, we as a culture never really allow a woman to get there or experience what that's like because, you know, we kind of essentially want to kill her off. When a woman gets that stage of life, she almost... Um, she can mirror back to us the error in our ways and she can pinpoint where it is that we're going wrong as a society. But because we don't allow her to do that and as a culture, we kind of kill her off in a sense, we're not able to rectify our our wrongs and, you know, see the fact that, you know, we're out here objectifying kids now and like, you know, the crone energy would be able to show us that if we just allowed a woman the space to, to recognize her worth you know, in her later years, rather than just tossing out, you know, like, oh, you're old now, so you have nothing else to offer, you know, all your youth is gone, so. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, we definitely need more crone energy in our leadership and accountability systems. Yeah. That, when, when they're strictly run by patriarchal figures, that's where these things slide, and they literally become interwoven into the foundation of our economies. Like literally (laughs) child trafficking is interwoven into the identity of this nation because we didn't establish it with crone energy. We have four fathers and not four mothers. We -hmm. didn't have that at the start. So our whole, the whole essence of this nation, you know, and it's, and it's trajectory was at its core, at its foundation tainted. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't have that, that, that merger, that divine masculine and feminine merger, the crone energy in the picture. So like, I think as like Americans, like if we choose to like keep that identity close to us, we really need to reflect on like how we see the foundation of this country and how we can move forward after understanding what's going on and how this economy was started, where we messed up and not including you know, wise female figures, because ultimately that is the foundation of society. You know, these, these wise crone figures, like, you know, they led Native American tribes, they led, they've led people for ages. And we, we forgot, we, we, I think almost deliberately at the beginning of this nation, you know, we, we excluded them because, you know, you know, they knew that people would be more controllable if mm-hmm. divine feminine crone energy was excluded. So like, 
we got to see that we got to be like okay like we got to get more crone energy and we got to we got to make the corrections so like that's that's what i have to say about that and i love what you're saying it's amazing and this conversation needs to be had like more often and yeah yeah there's um there's a story in the bible i don't know if you're familiar with the book of ruth but it's all about embodying the crone embodying like your elders and um just really honoring what they've done for you and just kind of giving back and just fighting for them because their life isn't over. And just like, just in general for everybody, like no matter what age you are, you woke up for a reason. So like God isn't finished with you. There's still people to meet. There's still dreams to um, make come true. But basically, basically in the book of Ruth, there was a family from Bethlehem and there was a famine. So um, in this family, there was, Oh, I, I wrote down the pronunciation because sometimes names in the Bible are just like, what? Um, so there was, <laughs> there was a, a wife, her name is Naomi, and then her husband was Emelik, I believe, Emelik. So um, yeah, so basically they were living in the time of the judges, and in the time of the judges, it means like there was no central government. So in a time of a famine, they had to figure out um, their way of life by themselves, right? No help of the government. So they went to the city called Moab, and in Moab, in general, the city conflicted with the Israelites, the people of Judah and their city, Bethlehem. So like they resided in the city, and Emelik and Naomi had two sons, right? They married off, but there's this one season where all the men died. Naomi became a widow, and then the two um, younger ladies, the, sis, uh, the daughter-in-laws, didn't have a husband. In the book of Ruth, Naomi is like this old lady and she's like, I have no business here anymore. Um, my husband died, so I have to go back to um, Bethlehem, my city, and figure out like my way of life. And she, in the Bible, I'll read you the verse, but she basically is saying how because she's old, she doesn't have a life to live anymore, which was, it just broke my heart. Verse, let's see, 11 through 17. It's kind of long, but. Okay. So it says, but Naomi replied, return home, my daughters. Why do you want to go with me? Am I able to have any more sons who become your husbands? Return, return home, go on, for I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope to have a husband and to bear sons, you will be willing to wait for them. You won't be willing to wait for them to grow. Would you restrain yourselves from re remarrying? No, my daughters, my life is much too bitter for you to share. Because the Lord's hand has turned against me, again, they weep loudly. And Orpah, which was her uh, daughter-in-law, kissed her mother-in-law. And Ruth, um, the other daughter-in-law, clung to her and said, Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Follow your sister-in-law. Okay, so there's two, remember the, like, the two women that lost their husbands too? Orpah was one of them and she left. She was like, you know what, I'm going to like try to remarry and have a new life because there, there's like nothing for me here. But Ruth stayed. And this is when Ruth like really honored, like no matter what was going to happen, she was going to stay by her mother-in-law's side. So she, so she said, don't plead with me to abandon you or return and not follow you for wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me and do severely if anything but death separates you and me. And just like in perspective, Ruth 
so at the end of the story, Ruth ends up marrying um, a man named Boaz, and they they find food and they make a living together. And yeah, this they basically because of Ruth's sacrifice for not leaving um, Naomi, they went back to the city of Bethlehem. That's where she met the man Boaz and they got married. But the fact that she didn't abandon her mom, God saw that and blessed them even more. So like at the end of the story, um, how God blessed them is he made Ruth uh, an ancestor of Jesus. So this is like way before Jesus was born. But just in that perspective, I feel like when we get old, we're like, okay, we're going to put our parents in, in a home, right? Like we don't know what to do with them. We still need to live our life. But the book of Ruth is just her sacrifice and just embodying the, what the divine feminine is. And even though like the, her mother-in-law, Naomi lost hope, she didn't like, even though she didn't believe in the God from Bethlehem, the people that believed in God, he, he was going to promise them like many more things. So that's where she, that's why she went to, went back to her city. So I just think the whole book of Ruth, it, it just embodies what the divine feminine is. It's like, no matter of course, like you can't see the promise, the blessing in front of you, but you're just going to hang on to the people you love and know like God's always there for you. So when you prove that you're faithful, he's going to show up in the time where you just don't know what to do anymore. But yeah, that was like a book I came across and I really love that one. I mean, I feel like for the people who are destined for the biggest things, it's, and the like most beautiful things, like if you're, if you're destined for authenticity, like you're going to have to get, you're going to have to be willing to get to that point Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like, you know, like that's ultimately the polarity you need to get to, to get to that height, like the low to the high, Mm -hmm. the high, like it's just, it's a polarity trampoline, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to do something special, you got to be able to get in that hole, that void, not knowing what the heck you're doing. Mm -hmm. I love that. That was such a beautiful passage. And just like, I think it's like we should we should definitely just embrace that crone energy when like our mothers get older bring them with us repay them for all that all that work with <laughs> us and to kindle us like, like we should be like literally feeding them to their mouths directly like, <laughs> yeah. devoting our lives to the best of our ability to that because like that's such a beautiful thing to watch you know, your mother go into that phase and, you know, to have the, the roles flipped and to have the opportunity to repay, like. True. That reminds me of the, um, the I think it was the crone video, uh, or the mother one, I can't remember, but in the video, the girl who does the video, she says, if you want to meet God, take yourself to a woman. And it's like, when I see an old woman, like, um, or just looking at my mom, like my mom is getting older too. And there are things that she tells me now that she wasn't able to tell me like as a teenager and I'm like there's so much life that you've lived just as you know my mom's only like 60 but you know and just like there's so much life that she's lived and so much that she hasn't shared that you know I look at her now I'm like my god like how what other secrets is she holding what other uh, Mm -hmm. knowledge is she holding you know what I mean like you can't even begin to like scratch the surface and that's why the crone energy is so needed because it offers it offers us like infinite wisdom you know what i mean so yeah my grandma is definitely like one of my best friends that i have she's like 76 years old and i probably talk with her minimum once a week go to her house and just have a coffee and just hang out with her and just pick apart her brain and just engulf as much wisdom as i possibly can 
um, I come to her with all sorts of problems and situations in my life and just seek her advice because like you said, she's already lived so much and women are naturally just very intuitive and wise. And she always has the perfect answer for me. She always knows exactly how to guide me. She's more knowledgeable in the Bible than anybody else I know. Mm-hmm. She is one of my best friends for sure. So sweet. That's incredible. Love it. So like as a segue, I think this is just to like this was such a heavy, like in depthful topic. Um, oh, did anyone do the exercise this week just to kind of you know what I mean? Lighten the load and just because this was a really fun <laughs> oh, exercise. Yeah. Michael said he wanted to share, so I'm kind of I'm excited to share after Michael. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bonnie. Um, so it was, Bonnie. It, was Bonnie as, it was Bonnie at first because it was like a joke. Um, but as I started to like really do the exercise, the Bonnie just wasn't, it was too much friction there and I didn't agree with it after all. Uh, I started to just write down, it was ebony. Ebony is what came to me. And it was kind of just like a natural mystic woman, you know, just like dark skin. Um, and I wrote all these beautiful traits that I wanted to have. But it was interesting because she literally came alive uh, this morning while I was in prayer after my meditation. So I was just praying to God. I was just asking for um, just an abundant mindset where, you know, when God gives me this idea or gives me this intuition that I trust and rely on his strength to allow me to persevere. And after I prayed that, I just, I kind of got transported into this really natural place. Um, And Ebony came. And Ebony wasn't this like whimsical, flowy character like I thought she would be. She was just very natural and fitting in nature. She was barefoot, but she was strong and sturdy. It's like she can hold her own ground. And she came to me and she put me in this aura and started to kind of speak to me. Just letting me know that, and you can tell like this woman is a healer and she has magical energy and she was able to be in tune with the plants. Um, and I believe that's how we got into this aura field. And she would just talk to me about, I am the creator of my own kingdom. And almost like referring to my body um, and as well as referring to my outside life. Like I am the creator. Don't compromise anything. Don't feed yourself these poisons and don't allow these negative people into your life like I have this choice to fully treat myself as a temple that I deserve to be so I can because I wanted to be like her and it was like really focused on like dietary needs like if I go ahead and replenish my body as I should be then I'm going to be the ultimate version of myself I'm going to be this ultimate being I know what's poison and what's not. So why am I choosing poison consciously? It doesn't make any sense. I should be living the best life possible. And then she said, as I do this, I become more powerful. And she kept like just expanding my mind with this ultimate divine purpose. She's like, the only way you're going to get there is if you remain disciplined and strong. You know exactly what you need to do 
you're in complete control and you can get there with your own power. So it's, yeah, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. She was just telling me to be happy. I'm in control of my own destiny and what goes on in my life. And if I treat myself right, then my entire kingdom that I create will be able to flourish and provide abundance for other people. And, um, and then she turned around and like, gave me that little hint of wisdom and dove in the ocean. <laughs> wow. That's so funny. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a beautiful story. Um, I guess I'll go ahead. I'm, I'm lavender. Yeah. Um, I'm a I'm obsessed with purple. I'm obsessed with lavender, the scent, the presence, the the gentleness. Like so what I wrote down is like when I feel like lavender, I feel soft, delicate, playful, flamboyant, flamboyantly witty. You know, um just clicking mentally in a way where I can just deliver my personality um, in a way that's just so fluid without bounds. Mm. Um, it's magnetic. It's creative at will. There's no capacity for me to polarize. All I do is just connect. I'm glue. Um, I'm tape. I'm everything that brings people together. Um, and the aesthetic is flowered walls. It's succulent ceilings. It's sunset floors. It's long, luscious wow. hair. It's Evie Nick's energy. oh yeah it's fluorescent (laughs) rainbow lighting it's lightning rods hanging from the ceilings it's bougainvillea bush perfume it's lavender and honey tea available at every corner Mm. of my essence and subwoofers underneath the floor it's just vibration you know bass like action beauty movement dancing it's it's an arena of just mystics just just flowing around moving hands moving arms moving hearts you know it's everything coming together in a way that is boundless and just bouncing off one another not attaching it's just like oh i see how beautiful you are but since i'm beautiful too i can just i can meet you where you are and then i can bounce and then go in my direction it's just like this it's just like tag freeze tag you know like you know you get you get compressed you get you get kind of stressed, but then when you, when you, you know, once you get back to water from ice, you know, you start flowing and then you, you become ice again, but then guess what? You're going to flow again. You know, it's just like, it's freeze tag. So like, that's how I feel when my divine feminine uh, comes out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it comes out just like a hundred percent when I'm in this group. And especially when we're, at those moon ceremonies, when we're at the ceremonies, like at the ceremony, yeah, I, I agree. My feminine was just like, this is my time, get away. Totally. Get away. I this mean, that's my- it. We're building community and we're in that flow perfectly. Yep. So that's me, man. That's, that's my beauty. That's my grace. Love it. <laughs> For me, um, I don't know. I kind of just saw myself, but as like a phoenix, like straight up, like, I don't know. I feel <laughs> nice. like it's like, it's like I don't know I feel like I'm already like I feel like I've kind of like dropped like caring about all like what is masculine and feminine and just embraced what is good for me mm-hmm. and in doing so I've embraced both of that kind of in a sense so like seeing that like is like me like lifted up into like a higher state like like my higher self kind of thing like a phoenix yeah. like a person mm-hmm. that's unstoppable it's kind of just like 
it's kind of like what like a lot of people ask like why I don't come in here it's because like I see it's an actualization of my growth like it's like it's all these things you can like put into like you can like symbolize and put intention behind it um like when I saw it I just kind of saw myself like in my perfect flow state like when I like just like when like how I close came close with Ben is like I came close with his sister and like that was when I like, really learned like what I mean to friends with girls because like so many times we're like taught like oh like you talk to girls just to like meet them but like then like I ended up talking to his, I forgot how I um a roommate my roommate was friends with them and then I came to the house and then we became like really really close friends and because of them like like it's pushed me so much better like because of like becoming friends with like Ben's sister like I learned like how to like embrace my divine feminine I learned how to like get my intuition back like it was weird because like right after I became really really close to them like I started having like crazy like intuitions on like things that would happen (laughs) um and it was just me realizing like you need that balance you need that like you need to embrace both sides of you so like when I see this side of me it's just like it's like it's not like a it's like it's like a hot red like it's like a sun like the sun like bursting out in flames just like peeling off all the layers and the expectations it's just like pure light pure energy like like the purest form like there's no like complication of colors and like ideas or anything put on it but it's like a boundless like phoenix just like flying through doing its thing like just Mm -hmm. flowing and like doing like good not not good or bad but just doing what it has to do yeah i love that that the three of you had a balance like you had the nurturing like um the nurturing and kind of like firm side the softer side and then you had like this fierce like strength side, like <laughs> Sasha fierce moment <laughs> oh my gosh I love it like the, the balance in this was so good like I love hearing your guys' perspectives on it that's wild Every time I talk to you guys, I feel like I'm like watching. Did you guys ever watch like Avatar: The Last Airbender? Yes. Started the full moon meditations was Avatar: The Last. <laughs> Are you serious? I did wait, one wait, of wait, the wait. meditations on there, and That's it funny. skyrocketed me out of my mind. And you just wanted to be Sokka, and you wanted to say that you have. <laughs> Absolutely. Everyone's fantasy. Like, yeah, I you- want the moon. <laughs> Yeah. Um, from like my alter ego, I decided to, her name is Lucine. Sabrina kind of told me about this name and she said that it means to illuminate or it means like the moon in Armenian. And for me, like when I envision, you know, like an alter ego, divine feminine, highest self kind of thing, I decided like for inspiration, I was like, what is this character going to be built on or this alter ego? And I looked at like the meaning behind my real name, my real name, you know, Kareen. I believe like your name is your nature. So whatever your name means, that's part of your purpose. I recommend everybody look it up. But I remember a couple years ago, I looked it up and my name, Kareen, means, uh, I think in Greek, like the root, like the etymology, it um, stands for maiden or that's what it means. And I remember looking that up a couple years ago and going like, that's kind of (laughs) lame. It just means maiden. (laughs) But as I've gotten older and like started figuring out more of my purpose, um, I recognize that I just have a passion for um, women and just their plight. I just, I want to like be able to advocate for women. That's how I see like my divine uh, feminine. Like that's why like, I like, like to shed topics on things like this that people don't like to talk about, that people kind of shy away from, especially when it comes to, uh, you know, women's issues, which they're not really women's issues. It's like everybody's issues, you know? So for my alter ego, her name is Lucine. It, you know, means light. And she kind of wears like all black, her aesthetic, because um, 
like kind of inspired by like I think I told you guys about I want to work in the entertainment industry and the production industry and that's a requirement like when you're on a set or like some kind of like show site that you normally wear black for the most part not always but yeah like that's why like she wears all black she wears like a little like wide brimmed black hat and she follows her intuition she knows what she wants she's very like high priestess type of energy and I think I have such a like passion just for advocating for women because I feel like, you know, everybody always expects a woman to like nurture other people, but I would like to be that for other women. I want to be able to nurture them because I feel like they always pour into other people's cups, but sometimes like they get overlooked. And so. Yeah. I love that. I like that. <laughs> that great. I want to see you wearing that wide broom hat. She has one. <laughs> I have one. I know. I, I thought you <laughs> Little did. Little witch vibe. I like I it. I thought you did. But yeah. Um, anybody else before we, I guess we close this out? Um. So when I was growing up, I was always like the tomboy, you know, I never really embraced my femininity. Femininity. Why can't I say that? Femininity. Femin- I can't say either. Femininity. one of those things where like my mom was like you're a girl you have to like wear skirts and dresses and I was like against it I was like no 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 Mm -hmm. so I I didn't even really start like wearing makeup until like a year ago or like a couple years ago because I was like super against like anything female so it's like something that I've been embracing as I like move forward Mm -hmm. so the one that I did, her name is Amelia. I just love that name. No meaning. I don't know what the I name love it. Yeah. But I love that name. <laughs> and it's just like the person who, her, she's like my alter ego in the sense that she's who I want to like grow into. So she's like super kind and super sweet to everyone. But at the same time, she's able to speak her mind because that's something I struggle with. Like if uh-huh. you say something that offends me, I'll probably just kind of let it slide. But she's more like, no, I'm not going to take your crap. I believe what I believe. And it's okay if you don't believe in that. But it's not okay for you to say these things in my presence. You know what I mean? Um, And she's just kind of like, she's there for everyone. And she's able to, like, talk to everyone and be friends with everyone while still holding, like, this grace about her and being able to bring people together, like, if someone's being mean to another person, they could be more, she, she'll be compassionate, but like, you never know what they're coming from and you don't know what their story is. And I've been, that I've been working on a lot, but even at times, I know I find myself like judging other women, which we talked about earlier. And that's one thing that I've been cutting, but like, that's what I would say that Amelia is more just like a, like a train. She's just going and going and going mm-hmm. and there's nothing that's going to get in her way. And that's like my alter ego, I would say. Love that. It's a pretty name. Yeah, yeah. I do like it. You can grow into it as well. You should yeah. have you wrote did you write it down? I wrote it on my notes, yeah. But yeah. You can be that. It's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. It takes time. I was gonna ask, Kareen, is that the same as you? Like, do you wanna be your alter ego too? Um, kind of, but like it's more of like an energy that I 
Yeah, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I guess like <laughs> I, I do see you for, rocking those outfits for sure. Yeah. I see you. I, I do, but like see if I could, I just I love just the color black. Not sure why, but I've always loved it and I, if I could wear it, if I could wear it all the I time, know. I would, but I we live in California and you know <laughs> like a heat stroke or something. It's not exactly ideal, but like <laughs> what absorbs light. Maybe you just love light so much. That you need uh, all. all of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I looked up my name in Greek and it means I so do with that what you will. <laughs> it, what, it, what does it mean? Ice? Ice. <laughs> oh. Right on. Interesting. I mean, everybody like, cool when they get too hot. When they, <laughs> get, mean, too, when they get too uh, upset, you cool them off. Cool them yeah. off. I like that. Okay, I'll stick with that. <laughs> yeah, anybody else before I guess we can we start prayer? I just want to say I'm really happy I've joined this group. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. it's really nice because like living with like seven other dudes that have very very <laughs> conflicting views like because i'm a part of fraternity which makes it really hard because like a lot of them don't understand this at all because it's like a completely like hyper masculine hyped up thing and like when i talk about this stuff it's just like goes right over their head yeah and it's like mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a battle every day but it's like it's nice to have people actually know what i'm talking about you're there because you're there to help them see things that they can't see so embrace yes, that whole, embrace that opportunity <laughs> it's beautiful not a lot of people get it so intersectionality at its finest right here <laughs> intersection <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not doing it again <laughs> <laughs> I pray this circle remains open, open with ideas and opinions and beliefs that we may be able to share and just create this safe place where we can just be ourselves every week when the outside world doesn't always allow us to be. I pray the circle remains open so other people can gravitate towards this conversation to learn more about you, God, to learn more about themselves and to connect with the community that really cares about them. I care about all the people in here and I pray that you bless everybody in this chat to go ahead and just allow us to to embrace these aspects of ourselves that maybe we lost, that maybe societal patterns dissuade us from ever trying to um, to embrace. Just allow us to be more complete in who we are. And just have, only care about your perspective over us, nobody else's. Your perspective is the only one that really matters. And again, I just thank you so much for allowing us to create this space every week. I pray that our lights continue to shine so bright that the fixtures from which they came shatter so that everybody can have this light, that it is not held within a fixture, that it is not held behind bounds, behind categories, labels, that we can continue to merge and unite as one regardless 
of what people tell us who we are, that we can know that we are the same, that we are one, that we are destined for merger, for ultimate community, for ultimate source. Um, I pray that you continue to keep us strong in the face of, of this mad world that we live in, this divinely mad world. Um, that we can continue to be positive influences and to focus on our own light and not let our light be taken away by those who are not in accordance with it. That we can continue shining regardless of the darkness that others are in. So as to help them achieve the light and love that they are capable of. Father, thank you for giving us this space to learn from each other and learn about each other in our world. You teach us so much about you, who you are through these conversations and you teach us about ourselves. And I'm just grateful that we have this opportunity to really be heard by each other and to really delve deeper into what matters and that's you and our relationship with you and just extremely grateful for everything and we thank you. And we close out this prayer in love and truth and faithfulness that you have heard us, that you see us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Right on. And scene. <laughs>